Well, hello, everybody. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Welcome to the chat. We appreciate your being here and joining us today. My very special guest today on the chat is Janet Ledford, uh, a lady that I've come to know recently. Uh, this segment of the chat, we'll be talking about people who are making a difference in the lives of other folks, uh, how, not only what they do and how they do it, but their calling about how they decided uh, uh, to move into an area of service or uh, making a difference in the lives of people. And first of all, Janet, hello. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Dwight. I'm honored to be here. We appreciate it so much. And we're going to talk about this special gift and talent you have that I've sampled more than once and uh, have enjoyed. But let's get to know Janet just a little bit, if, if we could. Uh, first of all, you are uh, what you do in terms of employment. You, are, you work at Cedar Hills. For those who folk may not be familiar with Cedar Hills, what it is and the service they provide, uh, exactly tell us about that group and, uh, and what you do there. Yes, Cedar Hills is an assisted living facility here in Cookville. We actually got the uh, uh, Herald Citizen Award this year for or for the best of the best. So that's pretty awesome. I'm an LP in there, uh, and it's a it's a trying time right now. We we love our residents so much, and uh, we're always welcoming new patients that come in but they're having a hard time adapting to the covid so we're more than uh caregivers you know we're their family and i'm sure it's that way in every facility but um we we love what we do sometimes it requires uh, more hours than we you know anticipated but they need us and so we are servants and so we we fill in where we're needed you know, Janet, you mentioned that this is a, a, a challenging, difficult time for your residents. And I guess having served for a number of years as a hospice chaplain for myself and seeing that directly, having patients in assisted living uh, centers and nursing homes, a time when they've had to restrict visitation so much, understandably so. And I guess the patients are, uh, are, are your Folks at Fringe are, are confused about, you know, why am I not seeing my son, my daughter, my wife, those kind of things. And you've got to kind of step in and, and fill in for that, don't you? Yes. Talk about that aspect of what you do. Elders as well as even young people, you see what isolation can do to a heart, to a mind, to a body. Um, we have to tell them that, you know, just according to state and government regulations, you know, that we keep them updated on what's going on, you know, the numbers out there and why we have to keep them isolated um, from the outside world. But at the same time, they do offer, and that is such a blessing um, to FaceTime. You know, our facility will do it for them if they'll set up an appointment with their family member so wow. they can visit. But it's not the same. You know, they need hugs. Uh, they want to hear, I love you. They want to hear it's going to get better. And, um, we just try to do the best. We give more than 100% there. I see it in all the staff that work there and our director as well. And I'm sure it's that way everywhere. But we have to find a way to regenerate what we're giving. And uh, I think we do an excellent job, actually. Hey, we're glad you're with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Our very special guest today is Janet Ledford, and she's got a, a special talent that she uses to bless people uh, all over the area. And But we're talking now about her role as an LPN at Cedar Hills. And I know I know Janet because having worked with LPNs and nurses, uh, you folks are just worth, the good ones are just worth their weight in gold. And especially during this time of isolation, as your folks are experiencing at Cedar Hills, I mean, it, this has not just got to be what you do, 
But, Janet, it's an extension of who you are. Am I right about that? That is correct. It, it's a hard issue. It truly is. Yeah. It's a hard issue. And I, and I know the, the, the in-person love and hugs and, 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 and expressions of, of care and concern that they're used to getting from family uh, is, 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 is even more. I mean, I know knowing you like I've, I've, I've come to know you through other people and through following you, uh, it, it's a time where you, you, you have an ex, a special extension of yourself. Am I right about that? Yes, we try very hard to give more than enough. Yeah to try to make up the difference we don't make up the difference but at least we can fill the gap uh, temporarily hopefully it's just temporarily it has to be um so heartwarming for you when you when you're involved with someone who is a resident there and 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 they smile at you or they you know want to hug you and touch you and tell you how much they appreciate you to know that you are making a difference in their life uh, it it doesn't get any better than that i'm sure no it doesn't and um luckily uh i'm blessed to work for people who believe in prayer and recognize the one and only true god so i had a patient she's no she's not there she's at another facility now um, due to decline, but I prayed with her every night, and um, every night before I leave, I go and pray with her. It kept her bal- more balanced, and then her daughter called to tell me that, you know, I was telling her how she was doing, and then I said, I pray with your mom every night before I leave, and she she got very tearful and said, me and mom did that every night on the phone, wow. so I thank you for stepping up, so we would pray uh, for not just the facility and our families, but all the residents. And it, it just brought you, you just can't imagine what prayer can do that medicine can't. Oh, wow. It's just overwhelming. And, you know, that doesn't cost you anything but a few minutes. And um, it, it just brought me so much joy. I looked forward to it. And I still do that. We, If a resident asks me to pray or they s- say something's bothering them, I'll always offer to. And as far as I know, the other employees do the same thing as well. We're really strong on that. Which has to make a huge difference, which is really one of the reasons that I ask you to to be on this show today, because this is not just a a place of employment, Cedar Hill Tree, and the responsibility you have. This is what you believe is a calling in your life, that you're being used by God to make a difference in the lives of these folks. That's correct. Uh, I didn't choose the career. Um, God chose it for me uh, as a result of being in a life-threatening car accident when I was 16. That changed my life forever. Uh, I fought it for a long time. And then I finally just gave in and asked God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And this is where he led me, yes. I want us to come back when we after the break, and uh, if you don't mind, share with us that episode in your life, which you know, which had to be horrific. It had to be painful on lots of levels, and uh, and then, but how that redirected your life, and how you're using that to um, uh, to make a difference in the lives of others. And and in, in addition to that, Janet, I want us to spend some time talking about your wonderful, what I call a ministry uh, of Leroy Fudge. Yes, I know you touched a lot of people. In fact, folks at this radio station with that. And uh, we want to talk about that and, and uh, what how, how God is using that talent in your life to help other folks. Can we do that? Absolutely. Hey, we're glad you're with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today is Janet Ledford. And we'll be back with more in just a moment. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My guest today is Janet Ledford. 
We're talking about the calling on her life. As you heard during the first segment, she's an LPN at Cedar Hills, uh, helps a lot of residents there and patients there. This journey in her life began, as we just learned, as a result of an automobile accident. And after that, basically, Janet, as you just shared with our audience, uh, you said to God, what am I supposed to do the rest of uh, rest of my life? And, and, and pick, pick the story up from right there, if you would. Uh, yes. When I was 16, um, I just got off work. I uh, worked at a local restaurant in Livingston called Blue Circle. My mom picked me up. We were headed home. She chose to go through Alpine. Uh, it's very curvy. And um, I, I didn't have on a seatbelt. It was a 1964 Chevy, you know, those seatbelts. <laughs> so as we uh, started around a curve, a gentleman in a truck came up on our side of the road. And, and instantaneously, my mom swerved. Uh, her car hit a tree. I went through the windshield back in the car and out uh, a side window. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hemorrhaged horrifically 12 units of blood given to me back to back. And back then we didn't have a life flight. So I was sent to, of course, Livingston. And from Livingston, they transported me onto Baptist Hospital. While I was at Baptist Hospital, they had told my family that the chances of me surviving were almost zero. And you how old again? 16. 16 years old. Okay. And, um, so they told my family, said, well, you know, just the hemorrhaging alone and the trauma would probably, I couldn't pull through, but most definitely the infection that is set up because they had to use a non-sterile technique to try to stop the hemorrhaging because of all the lacerations in my face. The glass had a three inch piece in my right eye that centered hit. And, um, I had a nurse there. Um, I couldn't see her because my head was bandaged. You know, they didn't anticipate I could see it all, but they had to bandage it due to all the sutures from the lacerations. And she was so good to me. Her name was Miss Covington. And she was an angel is all I can say. Um, she obviously followed her calling. She would braid my hair. She would talk to me. She would wipe my face. Um, put lotion on my back, all these little things that made me feel better. And I couldn't see her. And so the day they took me from ICU uh, out to a room and uh, proceeded to remove all these bandages, which was a very lengthy process due to as many as I had and all the swelling in my face and, and head. So when they took them off, you know, they had to um, apply voice packs to try to remove the ones from my eyes and the, the doctor instructed me on how to open my eye he said you won't be able to see much because there's so much swelling and uh, and your eyelid was cut off on the right side and I said yes sir so he told me to, to tell him what I saw upon his prompting excuse me uh, I looked at the foot of the bed and there stood a nurse in white clothes and her hat and she was a black lady and I and I said, I see Miss Covington. And so she started shouting to God, giving praise wow. there wow. at Baptist Hospital, <laughs> thanking God for the miracle that she just witnessed. And so I think she sowed a seed in my heart that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. 
Hey, we're glad you're with us on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. We're visiting with Janet Ledford, LPN at Cedar Hills Assisted Living. And, and Janet, continue that story now. So they took the bandages off. You saw this very special, as you call her, angel in your, in, in your life. And she began to rejoice as you're seeing that. And, and it led you to the calling that you're fulfilling in your life. So pick up the story right there. Um, yes. And, you know, it's strange how you don't remember people's names. You're like, oh, what is their name? What is their name? I've never forgotten her name. And I try to be the kind of nurse that she was, that you're taught, you know, not to get too personal, don't share things. But what she shared with me about her family, going out to eat, playing softball, all these things, it triggered something in me to make me want to live. And wow. uh, of course, I didn't go to nursing school till I was 29, but I worked as a CNA and a unit secretary at uh, Livingston Hospital prior to that. But she just sewed something in me because other nurses didn't do that. I had some that would feed me and leave food on my face or that would get me up after they removed the catheter to toilet me and the urine would leak and they would be so frustrated. Um, just no compassion, no heart in it. They obviously were um, talented and knew their thing because they got, you know, BSRN degrees, but yet there was no heart there. And I thought, you don't know how you make me feel. I quit eating because I didn't want that. And I thought, these little things are so important that you do. Turning a patient, wipe, you know, the things they can no longer do for themselves. And um, I, I had no idea that that's what I would end up doing, but God had a plan. Wow. Wow. So there, so this Miss Covington made such a difference in your life. And you're right. You can teach skill, Janet, but you can't teach heart. Can't teach compassion. And you saw heart in her that inspired you not only to live and get better, but really redirected your whole life in terms of your calling, in terms of your service. What happened then? You started, you were 16 when all that happened. Uh, so you uh, obviously picked the story up and, and go, about going to school and, and how you ended up doing what you're doing at Cedar Hills Assisted Living. Uh, yes, sir. Um, there's a lot of personal things I can't reveal just because of my children, but um, I, I, I was raped at 17 the year following, and it really did some uh, less than in my heart that I was not good enough. But uh, long story short, uh, I applied for a job at Livingston Hospital. I had three children, and I got the job because I kept going back every week to say, yes, can I get a job? I had no experience. And so that's where it started. And I absolutely loved doing patient care. I loved my job as a CNA. I made a difference. I made them feel better. Yeah. I was enough. You know, and it just, it just grew from that. And then uh, I applied to LPN school after I had my tonsils out at 29 <laughs> and I worked full time with my three children and um, finished school. And I've just, my heart is for special needs and elders. I love all people, but it's those, you know, that some people in society doesn't recognize them like they do. You know, they don't always recognize healthcare workers that are in assisted living or private duty or nursing homes like they do these frontline workers. But I do because I know God is the one that's watching. So what we do, if we do it from the heart and with our skill, we do make a difference and we are enough. Yes. And it is amazing to me how God used this tragedy in your life at 16 and the other one that happened after that. 
not only for for your good, but for his glory. And you've used that to inspire you to do what you're doing for so many people now. He, he opened those doors and you pursued. I mean, you could have folded your tent and pretty much quit on life, but you didn't because of the grace of God that's in you. And when we come back, we want to continue your story. And I want to learn much more about Leroy Fudge, okay? Absolutely. We're glad you're with us. This is The Chat. My guest is Janet Ledford. We're back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. My very special guest today talking about her calling in life is Janet Ledford, LPN at Cedar Hills Assisted Living. What a story you have shared with our audience about about what you do and how you do it. And not only what you do, but it's it's an extension of who you are in helping uh, your residents there at Cedar Hill and how all that started with a, a terrible automobile accident, automobile accidents as you're involved in when you were 16 years old. And you and, and God, as a result of that, just re- redirected your life. And you're taking that now, Janet, and you're making a difference in the lives of so many people with a calling. And thank you. Let me just stop and say thank you for being a hero, especially during this all the time, but especially during this COVID season. Thank you, Dua. Um, I want to inject something because I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompted me to do it, especially under the circumstances that the United States is in right now. I thank God every day that an African-American nurse was not racist and she poured her love on me and I was a presumed dying 16-year-old white girl. That didn't matter to her. And so she saved my life. I don't think it was the doctors. It was this nurse. And I thank God every day for her. And I also want to thank God every day for three women who have inspired me, loved on me, and taught me so much. And one is Victoria Gist, um, who taught me. um, She didn't know she was teaching me, but it was through her testimony on what to do for my son, who was a drug addict. And uh, she taught me so much. And I owe her his life, the one that he received before he died, and also uh, Gladys Burgess in Geneva Davis. Um, I couldn't have survived his death if it hadn't been for those two ladies. And um, I just want to thank God for them. They have molded me, and I appreciate them so much. People who made a difference in your life as you were making a difference in the lives of other folks, no doubt. I want to come to now this matter of Leroy Fudge, and I've sampled some of this. It's absolutely delicious, and you you have made a habit and a ministry, if, if I could use that term, out of making this fudge and distributing it, giving it to people, and I've been one of them, and, and you've helped a lot of people through that. Talk about that. We've got about a minute and a half before the break. Uh, introduce that story, how you came to, how all this came into being. Yes. Uh, Leroy Fudge started because... I had bought some uh, ingredients to take to my mom to help her make her holiday fudge, and she rejected it and said, take it home, make your own fudge. I don't use that. So I started making fudge, and I and I had to just kind of cre- create my own method and recipe. And um, Christmas season rolled around, and me and my son that passed away always wanted to give to somebody or many somebodies to make their Christmas better that might not have as much so I thought, you know, maybe I could just give this fudge away at Christmas time in memory of Brandon, and that would make me feel better because I was giving, and it was bringing joy to people to just eat it. And um, so that's how that's how it started. That I, I didn't have the name for several years to follow because I didn't, I couldn't come up with a name. So it was just Janet's fudge up until that point. But then, uh, of this little elderly man that I never have met. 
uh, came into my life because he liked fudge, and I sent it to him. So. Wow. And, and and his name is Leroy. His name is Leroy, yes. By the way, we're glad you're with us. This is a chat. Uh, my very special guest today is Janet Gledford. We're talking about uh, her life, her career, her calling, and now her fudge, Leroy Fudge. So this, so a man named Leroy comes in. Leroy comes into your life, and you you started making this fudge out of a desire to give, and in the in honor and in the name of your son. Yes. And now, talk a little bit more about Leroy and how you made connection with him, and and how you got fudge to him, and how that kind of escalated what you were doing. Um, yes, I would post pictures of the fudge I was making. People was requesting it. So I'd post pictures on Facebook. And uh, a, a fellow student, a classmate that I went to school with at Livingston, uh, commented um, to me privately about that fudge sure does look good, that his father had made it for them growing up all the time. Every year he made fudge. And so I said, really? I said, does he still make fudge? And he was like, no, no, he hasn't made it in a long time, you know. And I said, does he like peanut butter fudge? And he was like, absolutely he does. And I said, well, would it be okay if I sent him some, if you give me his address? So I sent him some. He was just overwhelmed. He loved it, thought it was the best fudge he'd ever tasted. And so I was regularly sending this little man fudge. And uh, He lived in another state, right? He lived in Indiana. Okay. And he passed away this uh, year of cancer. And so it was after his demise that I thought, you know what? I just want to honor this little man that so loved my fudge. And when I got to know a few things about him uh, from reading about his death and what he did before and all that, I thought, you know what? He had such a giving heart, too. So that's when I chose the name Leroy Fudge. Leroy Fudge. And now you uh and and you you sent me some not too long ago which it absolutely i mean it is I'm, I'm pretty much a connoisseur of good fudge and it's some of the best i've ever tasted i appreciate and I, it and, I, and i've asked you to share the recipe with our audience we said no that's mine i'm, that's I'm not gonna mine. do that i, I <laughs> do give pray the fudge over, away but not the recipe i pray over uh every batch and i ask god to bless you know that person that eats that fudge whether they're sharing it or whatever but that they can feel god loving them through that candy which might sound silly to some people but it's really important to me to pray over my fudge and to put love in it you know as i make it yeah yeah well, and 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 as and I, as i learned that i thought not only it's delicious fudge but you you pray over it as it goes to the person that you're sending it to or delivering it to including some very some some folks right here at uh, at stone Comp, you that know they, they've been beneficiaries so you pray over that pray a blessing over them, a blessing over them and that's developed into just a, a wonderful wonderful ministry for you that you've touched a lot of lives with i, I will give it to anybody that asks it may take a while to get it to you because i only make one batch at a time and because I want it to be good, weather affects it. Today would not be a good day to make fudge. Yeah. But I've learned that through trial and error. But uh, uh, both Leroy and my son are Christian men, and they're in heaven. And I feel confident that they're enjoying participating in this fudge giving. And, you know, the fact it's prayed over. So a lot of people don't know God, you know, and uh, if they eat that fudge, they're getting him in. Yeah. yeah, they really, really are. And I've got a sample. And I asked, I knew you were going to bring some to the studio today. And I said, hey, save save a piece for me. Not only did you save a piece, but we've got another little canister here with, with more than one piece in it. And I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Really. 
Janet, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and sharing your heart and sharing your calling. Uh, you touch a lot of people every single day at Cedar Hills. Uh, this uh, fudge, Leroy Fudge, I call it a ministry, a giving ministry, touching a lot of people. And, and you've been very gracious with your time and coming and sharing with our audience today. And we really appreciate it so much. I appreciate you having me. And uh, I just encourage anybody that hears this to Go back and read Matthew twenty four thirty five through forty, I believe it is, and then uh, then pray after you read that, and maybe God will find something for you to do too. Janet Ledford has been our guest today. So happy to have you with us on the chat. Join us next week, same time for the chat right here on News Talk ninety four point one.